Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Ada. And I'm Thibaut. Every two weeks, we interview top leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We are on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to submit your questions and guest suggestions, you can join the T-shaped sales community. It's a 10 euro month subscription where you'll get access to one new tactical training every month, a community of sales reps and exclusive events and discounts. Join today and get one month for free at www.saleslabs.io slash TSC. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. So welcome everyone to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. Uh, today I'm receiving Denise Lubaway. I hope I said your name properly, who's the VP Growth and Partnerships at Ultranauts. Uh, how are you doing, uh, Denise? I'm great. Thank you. So um, it's really cool to have you uh, today on board. We're going to talk about uh, sales now and then. Uh, so uh, you, you have like an extensive experience uh, in sales. And what we, we actually are going to be talking about is what has changed and what didn't change. So before we dive into it, can you maybe tell us a bit more about you and uh, your background? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I've been a sales professional for, I don't know, maybe going on uh, 25, pushing 30 years. Um, and I've run the gamut of B2B sales uh, from consulting services, marketing services, SaaS. Uh, right now I'm selling services related to data insurance I've been involved with. So I've, I've seen companies of all different sizes from your Fortune 500 to startups and everything in between. I've, I've been involved in wonderful, successful situations where I've made a lot of money and then others where it's been a complete bust and it's not been so pretty. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, I mean, you have like, uh, you, you've, you've been selling a lot of, uh, as you say, a lot of things. Um, what are the kind of biggest changes you've seen throughout your career when let's say the first sales job you had against the job you have right now, what's kind of, let's say maybe three major changes you, you've observed. Yeah, I, I was contemplating that um, as I was thinking about preparing for this call and I would say one of the largest, broadest changes I've seen is the segmentation in the sales process. So back in the day when I, you know, first started um, in sales, I was end to end, you know, finding my, my target prospect list, mining the names, figuring out at that time you doing by, by telephone or by mail, there wasn't any email, um, but finding all of that information on my own and then going through the process of being an SDR, making those, those cold calls, doing all the follow-up, um, you know, handling all the, all the tracking, all my own uh, projections, if you will, and then actually attending the sales meeting, running the sales process, um, creating the proposals and, and getting to the close. So if you look at that and fast forward to today, what we have is, um, you know, specialization in each area of that of that sales process. Um, and so that's what I find completely fascinating. And in fairness, it, it probably took me a while to realize that this was going on. It was maybe 
I don't know, seven or so years ago that I, I kind of picked my head up and said, hmm, all this chatter about, you know, sales enablement or seeing all these different tools for um, technology, the sales tech stack and the way that it was growing, um, just, you know, really the light bulb went on and I said, huh, this is just a completely different way of selling. And interestingly, I think that technology or selling technology, you know, the onslaught of, of SaaS and all the, the tools accelerated that, that segmentation of sales. Um, but it's spilled over into all types of sales, not just technology related sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and why do you think is the case that it spilled over late? Because, you know, that's so right what you said. You know, when you think about sales, typically when I think about sales, I think about SaaS sales because I've, I've always kind of been in there. It's a very uh, documented model, let's say. And, and now it's kind of like going on to all kinds of sales. So why, why do you think it's the case? Um, I believe it's because of technology in general or the way that we live our lives. So, for example... Um, going back to the days of the telephone and even in one's personal life, uh, we didn't have a, a, a device. We didn't have a smartphone that was constantly notifying us, updating us. Um, you know, if you wanted to speak to someone, you had to go to a proper telephone and they may or may not be there. Um, you know, in, in this day and age, um, that that's different. People can be reached instantly through more than one method. Uh, and that's all instantaneous. So whether one is selling, uh, you know, seats for a SaaS product or uh, a car salesman and everything in between, um, that buyer, the ability to reach them has has changed dynamically. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's actually it, it brings uh, brings back a memory from my my childhood when uh, it was like the first time I heard about emails. So uh, I'm actually the last generation of uh, people who teenagers who lived without smartphones. So uh, basically, when I was a teenager, there was no smartphone. We had phones, but no smartphone yet. And um, you know, I remember when I was maybe eight or nine, my father told me that we would buy a computer. I was like, "Well, that's pretty cool." And then he told me about the mailbox, and he said people will be able to send uh, like digital letters. And then I was like, "But." How does it work when they are not in front of the computer and say, oh, that's the mailbox, you know, it's just like your normal mailbox says, ah, okay, that's pretty cool. And I also remember he was telling me, you'll see one day, we'll be able to watch TV on the computer and watch the computer on TV. I was like, you're crazy, you're crazy. And now it's just like, there's this smartphone, tablet, things uh, connected job that, that have been arriving there. So it's actually pretty fun to see how things have evolved. Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And so um, I'm actually curious to know what stayed the same in terms of sales. So uh, what's your observation of uh, what didn't change in the end? Basic. From the very first interaction that someone, whether it's, you know, marketing, SDR, the the actual uh, account executive, that very first interaction that is had with a buyer is the beginning of the sales process. That is where you start closing them. Every action that that buyer makes, whether it's in the form of asking a question, presenting an objection, um, that is the beginning of the buying process and getting to close. So that that still remains the same. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 interesting actually because I, I think it's uh, um, so obviously I I have been in sales for now uh, fourteen years. I started at 15 selling airplane cleaning services and uh, it, it was you know it's still the, like all with all the kind of things I've been I've been selling um, as you said like it's the basics like being able to also find a find a pain uh, talk about this pain and then you know going to closing I'm curious to know what you mean by go, going to closing what, what does it mean well if if you think about the basic of of sales um, every time that that buyer responds, whether it's positively or negatively, that's where the art of selling comes in, right? That's where as a a sales professional, um, you take that information and figure out how to handle it so that you can enlighten that buyer as to why they need whatever it is that you're selling. And that is our craft. That is, you know, what, what we're good at. Um, I think in general, unless someone absolutely knows they want to buy something and I see, I think this is more frequent when you think about business to consumer, like I know I want to go get a TV. And Mm -hmm. so now, you know, someone might be collecting information on the different models and which TV is better. Um, but, but, you know, if you think about more of a professional or business to business type of sale, um, you know, oftentimes it's educating that buyer on why they need whatever it is that that you're selling. Um, and so, again, every time that you're you're interacting with that buyer and they're responding one way or another, it's the salesperson who has to take in that information and be able to finesse the conversation, mm-hmm. guide the conversation, um, so that it you know hopefully works in favor of closing the deal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see. And what about, uh, it's something very interesting you said about the educating uh, as sales reps. Now we see more and more tools that are educating the buyers before they even reach out to us. Um, so think about inbound sales where, you know, you often get people who are just like uh, maybe even requesting a demo. Sometimes it's other things, but like people are just really requesting a demo and then um, they have different kind of levels of education. So, so what's the, the kind of change you've seen on that in terms of, let's say, technology and automation, educating the prospect versus like before having like a segmented or siloed information where if you wanted to access it, you had to talk to the rep. So what has changed there? Yeah, I think that um, in that situation, the buyer is coming with a decision pretty much made, right? They might Mm -hmm. be evaluating, you know, two or three different options and they've pretty much decided which way they're going to go, but they need confirmation, right? They Mm want to talk to reps from each of of those companies and just make sure that the decision they've already made is the right one. So the job of the salesperson is flipped a bit because you're already on the defensive, Mm-hmm. Um, as far as that, that's concerned, you know, as far as, you know, being, being proactive, whereas when you think about an SDR, they're very much being proactive, they're reaching out. Um, but once it gets into the account executive to that level, um, chances are high that that buyer has already made a decision. Okay. Okay. I see. And, and now I'd be curious to know about the, the tools that were available at the time versus now. So do you have like a, if you could take a snapshot of, uh, as you said, 20, 25 years ago, uh, when you were selling, what were the tools that were uh, available to help you? A telephone and 
I used to use three by five index cards. Okay. And that would be my my sales force <laughs> where I'd write down the information about a prospect. I'd record all the activity I had with them. Um, and then I had a, a, a file box of numbers in a month. And so I would take that file card and I'd put it, you know, to the corresponding number of, of the month of the day when I wanted to follow up with that person. Um, and that was, that was my, my crude system at the time. I was really excited when the Palm Pilot came out. Um, that was like the very first generation of any type of a smart anything. Yeah. And um, it was, you know, this handheld device that you could schedule your calendar, of automated reminders. Uh, so that was like, wow, this is really incredible. <laughs> okay. It's actually, it's crazy. So you, you had like, a, did you have a Rolodex where you were putting all your cards or Oh yeah, uh, okay. definitely. Okay. I loved my Rolodex. Okay. I only gave up my Rolodex probably about three years ago. Okay. So for people who <laughs> don't know what a Rolodex is, because most people I'm sure have no clue what it is, it's one of these kind of circular thing where you put all the cards and then you can actually have never touched one. I, I know more or less what it does, but it's uh, I've actually worked with reps who used Rolodex and they were telling me, oh, you actually have no clue what you're doing and how lucky you are. And so, uh, so it's, it's these things where you can, it's basically a Salesforce and uh, it's the, the back end of your Salesforce, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. And, you know, people don't use business cards so much now, so it makes it hard to add cards to your Rolodex. But I will say that there's a very gratifying tactile experience of being able to flip through the cards in your Rolodex and, um, you know, try to figure out, you know, the person that you're looking for or, or, or that type of thing. So I, I equate it to back when I would go to the, the record store and you could mm -hmm. flip through albums or CDs to figure out, you know, what you wanted to buy. Um, and uh, it, it was that, that type of a, a, a tactile experience that is very gratifying. So we don't, we don't have that anymore. <laughs> Actually, it's very interesting because, you know, like um, uh, records are, are, are booming and they've been booming for a while. And uh, the new generation, they think it's the latest technology. They're like, wow, these records are amazing because the sound is not like uh, it's not a computer. So maybe we're going to have salespeople using Rolodex very soon as this kind of a more, <laughs> more like a, a pure and beautiful form of selling. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I would doubt that, but uh, that could be fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And so now, what do you think of the tools we have now? Like what kind of tools are, are you using or is your team using um, to, to actually help, help you in, in sales? Yeah, I mean, clearly uh, it's incredible what Salesforce has done and just becoming the, the CRM and, and the backbone for any other applications you know, that, that you want to use. And then you've got this proliferation of, of other tools that help with um, automation, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's, um, like a, a, I'm at a loss, something like a Zant, right. Mm -hmm. That, that helps to schedule calls, collect information. You know, you've got automated dialers. Um, it's, it's amazing. Uh, you've mm -hmm. got things like outreach. Um, so yeah, we, our, our tech stack right now for sales is, is pretty small. We've got mm -hmm. just the basics. Um, I'm with a small company and we haven't invested heavily, um, in a lot of technology, mm -hmm. but it's the, the proliferation of tools is, is incredible and really trying to figure out which, which are more effective. And, and then you have, you know, mainstays like a, 
like a zoom info, mm -hmm. right? And now you're starting to see some very valid competition come onto the scene, you know, with respect to that. Uh, so it's, it's amazing to see how that's evolving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, uh, you know, I've been, as I said, I've been doing sales now for 14 years. Uh, I started B2B sales, like tech sales, maybe six years ago. And uh, the tools we had were already like great, but uh, sales loft was, was barely there. Outreach was just getting started. There were just three guys somewhere. And, uh, and now there's this kind of uh, sales enablement that became a category. And then you have mm -hmm. like revenue operations or revenue enablement. So there's like these subcategories that are uh, that are changing sales intelligence, um, you know, with Gong or all these things. And I think it's just crazy, like the tools we have now that make our life so much easier. Let's say stuff like uh, uh, Lead Feeder or Albacore, these kind of things where they identify the leads coming to your website so you can feed that to the person. So they go and call you and say, oh, uh, you know, like I'm calling you, let's say you're HubSpot, you check the website on HubSpot and then someone calls you and say, oh, I just wanted to know about uh, the, the call you, you've made before or the demo you've done. And then you're like, it's crazy. I was on HubSpot. What a coincidence. And so that's what I found is uh, these tools allowed us to create this coincidence in the mind of our prospects where we, we reach out at the exact right time. And I think it's just like it's such a luxury compared to uh, what we had maybe just even five years ago. It's very true. I would say even if you uh, think about marketing and how that's evolved. So if I, I before there was all the technology with with marketing and you know being online and ads, paid ads and, and campaigns, um, marketing was really a matter of building a brand, mm -hmm. and it was really hard for marketing to track any ROI. Um, you know, inbound leads. It was not easy to track those either as it related to marketing dollars spent mm -hmm. and marketing has now become like a continuum or I should say the start of the sales process because so much is trackable from the standpoint of, of what marketing is doing, how uh, potential buyers are behaving based mm -hmm. on what they might doing, be doing while they're on, you know, searching through the internet and, and that type of thing. So um, marketing has become an amazing extension and, enabler for, for mm -hmm. sales and inbound leads. And I, I think that's been a game changer too, particularly with respect to uh, technology sales. Yeah. And, and you've seen this role uh, um, kind of emerge, the CRO role, where they kind mm -hmm. of have to to make sure the VP marketing and VP sales don't kill each other because they, they are bring, brought to, to work so much more now than they were before. And it's so integrated that it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. Um, in terms of, uh, of sales development, uh, specifically sales development, generating opportunities. What do you think has changed mostly in, uh, in uh, you know, since you've started your career? Um, I think that a lot more, I guess, inbound leads are developed. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of the quality. So there's a lot more volume and it might be that someone visited a website and they downloaded a white paper and all of a sudden that's a lead that an SDR is going to follow up on. Mm -hmm. um, whereas previously an inbound lead would have been, there would have been a lot less, the quantity, mm -hmm. but the quality would have been better where you had yeah. someone that was really you know ready to buy, interested. So I, I, I see a, a big change there. Um, 
and one isn't better than the other. I mean, as a salesperson, you always want a super qualified lead that, you know, they're ready to buy. And it's just a matter yeah. of presenting them with a proposal and it's a done deal. Yeah. Um, but again, part of the beauty of the segmentation of the whole sales process and having SDRs is there's a whole skill set that has um, been developed, right? In being able to take this large quantity of leads, being able to, uh, figure out which ones are legitimate, which ones could actually be converted mm -hmm. into, you know, from an MQL into an SQL. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's emerged as a whole, a whole science. And you, there's, there's many great leaders out there that have, you know, really grown and helped to shape the, the inside sales uh, from, from the standpoint of, of mm -hmm. managing those MQLs. It's, it's incredible to see what's happened in that space. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite, uh, quite amazing. And there's always this kind of, uh, from MQL to SQL, there's like, uh, uh, some interesting things happening where, uh, you know, the definition can check can change, but, uh, like one thing I found incredible is like, personally, I have a small business where I'm basically the solopreneur just by myself. And, uh, on average, I generate two or 300 leads a month. Um, and, and when you think about maybe 10 years ago, it was impossible to do that. You know, and now I have this thing and this lead kind of self-qualify thanks to email automation and whatever. And, uh, and, and you know, it's super interesting to see how, how people are just entering your funnel, self-educating, and then becoming SQLs, booking calls with you, or you just need to nudge them. And then they are just like uh, having this call. So I think it's, it's really fascinating to see that and what technology has allowed in, uh, in sales development. And um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I have a question about the profile of salespeople, uh, the type of people who choose to do this job. Um, what do you think has changed? That is a very interesting question. Um, I think that many of the attributes still remain the same um, in sales starting with the SDR, going through an account executive, um, there remains a lot of risk or uncertainty. Mm -hmm. One doesn't, out, outside of activity, number of phone calls or outreaches or number of proposals you can put in the pipeline, outside of that measurement of activity, everything is unknown. Mm -hmm. Those people are waking up every day and they don't know what's gonna happen. Right. They don't know what the response is going to be, you know, for the people that they're reaching out to. You know, it could be um, you get that yes for an appointment for something that uh, with a person that you never, ever would have imagined. Um, it could be a day where you get beat up, where it's just a whole rain cloud of nose. And, mm -hmm. you know, same with a, a salesperson um, and, and I should say an account executive um, as far as they may have a deal that's gone dormant and out of nowhere, poof, mm -hmm. it reappears. And yeah. so from one day to the next in, in this profession, it's the, there's still a large amount of unpredictability, a lot of self-motivation, self-drive. We can try to pump ourselves up, you know, all we want with listening to podcasts or interacting with other people but at the end of the day it comes down to the the drive and the fortitude that um, salespeople have in order to be successful because mm -hmm. there is uh, the uncertainty there is a lot of things outside of our control um, and there's a lot of rejection 
Mm-hmm. So th- that still remains constant. Um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in there are different types of salespeople, meaning those that really enjoy uh, a sale that's more of a, a high volume mm-hmm. where they know that they're going to get that instant gratification on a, on a daily and a weekly basis, you know, where it, they're, they're just going to be closing a lot of deals and they may not be as, as large of a deal size, mm-hmm. but they, they enjoy that. Whereas you've got the other type of salesperson that is in it for the long haul, you mm-hmm. know, they might be doing the, um, you know, seven figure deals, but they're taking 18 to 24 months to put together. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's definitely, um, it's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, I think it's, it's, uh, uh, from what I understand, people didn't change the profile, didn't change so much as, as the self-motivation, the greed also, and, and being able to, uh, to kind of go past rejection. Um and you talked about this, you know, where there's maybe some type of sales that are more, uh, if you're like more impatient, like uh, smaller deals can also be more interesting. Typically for me, I hate enterprise sales. I just simply hate it because I'm like, uh, uh, you know, people, often you get people who make a business decision. They're like, let's do it. And then you have procurement, legal, and then they're like, come on, you want to do it? We're going to just burn one year. Half of you guys will be fired. And then the deal will go through. <laughs> and so it's just like, what's happening? So so that's why I simply hate enterprise. I'm, I'm, I really love the mid-market, you know, under 100K. I think it's it's a really nice balance. But yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, the, the, the kind of traits you can see in salespeople are this resilience, this curiosity, and uh, and just being able to take rejections every day and uh, and be fine with that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I have one last question I always ask to people. Uh, as you are a VP, you certainly have budget for plenty of things. Um, and so I have a lot of SDRs that are listening to us. Um, and I always ask my guests, what is the best way to get in touch with you? Let's say I identify an issue, a problem you potentially have, no matter what. What's the best way for me to get in touch with you? And for you, if I'm an SDR, and for you to give me an answer and say yes, no, or, or whatever. Absolutely. And I get inundated every day, okay. right? With all sorts of people reaching out to me for one thing or another. And I am really, most of the time, amazed at the, I, I would call it like a cookie cutter approach, you mm-hmm. know, where I can tell there's not been like any thought put into this. And even to the point where there are mistakes in a message yeah. that's sent to me. Um, you know, I have, for example, we provide people that do work in data engineering Mm -hmm. and software QA. And I've got someone reaching out to me that is trying to sell me basically the same services. (laughs) It's like, did you do any research on us before you sent that? Um, And and I think the other thing is, and and, and it's a kind of, um, it's, it's a, it's a tough, what I'm about to say is um, the personalization aspect for me, what catches my attention is the, the personalization, right? That's what cuts through the noise mm-hmm. because there is so much coming at anybody in this day and age, you know, who's in a position to, to buy and, you know, what, what's going to cut through the noise that doesn't sound like everything else. Mm-hmm. There is enough information out there that an SDR can put a unique twist that is going to catch the attention. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have so many things to click on day in and day out. And what I mean by that is if you send an email that's got either an attachment or a link that I should click on, um, I'm doing that all day long with just the basics of, you know, what I'm doing in in my job, you know, Mm -hmm. internally. 
So it's um, trying to figure out how to make it compelling to me. That's the stuff that that catches catches me. The mm-hmm. other thing that is too is um, being able to personalize, but also you know being able to follow up. Again, many times sales it takes a long time mm-hmm. for when a buyer a buyer is ready. And um, I, I have had some SDRs who have just been really persistent in um, you know following up with me and, mm-hmm. and kind of remembering what our last exchange was and intertwining that into their communication so yeah. that that personal personalization to me is i think what catches my eye most where i will engage versus just sending that polite thanks but no thanks yeah. message and and i am you know appreciative of what sdrs are out there doing every day and just giving them a simple answer even if it's a no is is so helpful and mm-hmm. i wish i could tell I wish I could tell more people that are, you know, being reached out to by SDRs, like just reply to them. That's, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll leave you alone if you say yeah. thanks, but no thanks. Exactly. Um, but it's, it's, it's also the, uh, the follow-up of SDRs, you know, when they, when I say, Hey, what, you know, check back with me in, in six months, this is what's going on. And when they do, it's, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, uh, it's fun because uh, every time I ask this question, I get actually the same answer is the first one is personalization and follow-up, you know, is something super important, as you said, where um, it's really about making sure that you send many t- different touch points, maybe over, over different channels. So at some point you're like, if I want to get rid of this person, I need to answer. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting on that. Um, Okay, so, I think, yeah. and I, I just want to add on to Go that ahead. real quick, is that for SDRs, I feel oftentimes they get caught in this, like, here's the script, this is what you're supposed to say, mm-hmm. and they don't put much of their own personality into it, right? Um, and so it's, I guess the personalization goes both ways. It's personalizing to the audience that you're reaching out to, but it's that SDR putting their personality into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of what shines through in sales. Ultimately, people want to do business with those that they like and they trust. And so if an SDR is, you know, kind of staying very much to the template, almost sounding robotic or monotone, you know, whether it's in writing or in speech, um, that just doesn't resonate. Mm-hmm. That just sounds like someone who's reading from a script. Yeah. Um, the most successful SDRs that I've seen, whether it's been ones that I've been managing or ones that have reached out to me, are those that really find that that internal passion and what gets them excited for you know the role that they're doing, mm-hmm. and they they infuse that passion and their personality into what they're doing. That resonates, right? Because you hear someone that's authentic, and I just oftentimes we don't see that enough. And I would say that that reaches through sales in general. Like you can't have an account executive who isn't passionate about what they're selling and excited about how they can solve their prospects issue. Mm -hmm. If, If they're not conveying that, if they're not genuinely interested in how they can help and all they're focused on is, you know, closing the deal so they can get a a couple, you know, extra bucks in their paycheck it doesn't work the same. Mm-hmm. It's not the same level of success. So, yeah. you know, I kind of uh, rambled on a little bit, but, but that is when I, when I t- think about like salespeople and trying to coach them, it's um, that, that authenticity has to come through. And it's, it's, it's sometimes hard to do because salespeople, I think oftentimes are so afraid of hearing no, mm-hmm. that they walk 
they walk too uh, mildly. Mm-hmm. It's and it's not about being aggressive. Um, it's just about not being afraid to engage, to ask questions. Yeah. Um, and to, and to you know let that show through. Yeah, it's ask. I think what I I really like uh, it's uh, you know I think what's important when you do cold outreach is to. Um, you know, just be mindful of the time of people and asking for a decision now, you know, or yes, no, maybe just tell me, you know, and, and often when you you have this passion, as you said, people feel like, okay, that's cool, but no, no. And I think that's the success. Whenever someone answers, for, that's the success. You know, if it's a yes or no, uh, it's it's okay. If there's no, if there's no answer, it's, it's not a success. But if someone tells you, just leave me alone, then you can go and focus on the next uh, prospect. So I think it's, uh, yeah, it's a good thing on that. Yeah, absolutely. Good. So um, is there anything you'd like to talk about? Uh, now you've earned the right to kind of talk about anything you want. So uh, yeah, the stage is yours. Oh, wow. I can pick any any subject I'd like. Huh? Yeah, anything. You know, I, I think it's for me, um, and this is a little bit of my own personal journey right now, um, is really I've been going back to, to the basics of selling. And what I mean by that is, Every salesperson, they always want to know when they see a successful salesperson, they're always like, how do you do that? What did you say exactly? Or what did that email, what were the words you used? Like as though there's some, you know, magic bullet that if they can just catch that magic bullet, like they're going to be that level of success. And um, I also think that a lot gets lost in today's way of selling, which is really focused on like features, features Mm -hmm. of you know, if you're doing a software demo, like this is what ours does and this is how it's better. And it's a lot of, um, I know this is kind of a crass term, but it's the old show up and throw up mm-hmm. where you're just there to uh, do your presentation and hope that the client buys. Um, and for for me, it's um, <clears throat> really getting into what are the the basics of blocking and tackling and selling. And um, there's a, when I first started learning to sell, there was not any of the resources available now. I mean, Mm -hmm. currently one can just Google and find a bazillion podcasts or YouTube videos, or, you know, there's just so many options. You could for hours just learn about something. I had, um, there's a, a sales trainer and his name is Tom Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been around since 1976. He's been doing sales training. My sales training was <clears throat> at the time it was a VCR tape and a, a workbook, like a physical workbook. And I would watch this uh, part of the, the lesson on the videotape and then I'd write in the workbook. Um, and there were all these exercises that I would have to do as well, as far as like memorizing the verbiage for like a certain way to close someone. Mm-hmm this guy, Tom Hopkins, he had all these names for closes, like the porcupine clothes or the Ben Franklin clothes. And you would memorize these closes and they were generic enough that you could kind of like, um, like mad libs, like mm-hmm. insert, you know, insert your name or insert this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, f- so for me, it's, it's, um, I've actually gone back and, uh, picked up his audible on, on audible listening to the book. Um, and it's just refreshing to go back to the ABCs of, you know, basic techniques for mm-hmm. selling that it's not that complicated. Yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Like this kind of, uh, as you said, the uh, audio book and train. I mean, I mean, audio book like the training videos and the workbook. I think it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. And there's some really nice things to uh, to pick from all this uh, this uh, sales method, sales methodology, basically. There are, and there's so many out there. I mean, you've got Challenger, you've got Medic. Uh, going back a few years, you've got uh, Hyman Miller, right? There's there's mm-hmm. so many systems or approaches to selling. Um, but, you know, there's, there's something to be said about the good old just basics of, um, you know, how do you ask a question? Mm-hmm. How do you ask a, a probing question that's going to yield an answer? And, you know, things that are just are very, very simple, um, you know, versus these huge systematic yeah. uh, methods for selling. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. So thanks a lot, Denise. That was actually really insightful. Learned a lot. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, learn more about you, where, where can they find you? LinkedIn. Okay, cool. So I'll put the link to your profile uh, where they can reach out. And uh, now they know how to, you know, just to get in touch. They can use the podcast. They have to be relevant. And, uh, and yeah, thanks a lot for coming on the show and talk soon then. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear and you want to suggest a topic or a guest, you can join the T-shaped sales community. It's a 10 euro a month subscription where you'll get access to one new tactical training every month, a community of sales reps and exclusive events and discounts. Join today and get one month for free at www.saleslabs.io/tsc.